Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of uh, the Writing Raw podcast. We've got a pretty, uh, pretty loaded house today. We're at work. It's Sunday. Sometimes we work on the weekends, too. I've got Cam. Everybody loves Cam. <laughs> and then we have Shua. Hello. We have Cobra, the illustrious, beautiful Cobra. And then this week, this is going to be awesome because uh, we've referred to, to Trav um, several times throughout some of these episodes. He's actually out here in town. And uh, let's just hit the ground running. Trav, I'm going to throw this straight to you. Here comes a heater. All right, let's hear it. You've been listening to the episodes for the last several weeks. Tell me your thoughts. I like the banter. I like the back and forth, and I like the difference in opinions and expressing values and maybe identifying some values that we didn't know we had. That's for sure. Pros and cons. The pros are it's getting everyone talking. Absolutely. And making everyone think. The cons, I think the cons, we need to get more people and more opinions in here. Awesome. Let's do, well, I think that's one of the, the really cool things, and that's a lot of the feedback that I get in the DMs because, like we said before, Cobra has, you know, Cobra's idea of what love and relationship is. Um, Cam's got a slightly different opinion. I'm over here, and I got a slightly different opinion, too. Everybody's got their own different opinions. The beautiful thing is you've got a table full of males at, at the table who can talk about their own perspectives on things. And we can collaborate together. This is something that a lot of people don't have. They don't have the ability to talk about it, throw it on the table, and all of us can just dissect it. I think a lot of people would look at the situation and the things we talk about. If you would have normal guys, quote unquote, talk about these types of things, that they would start shaking tables, throwing holes in walls, and that type of stuff, right? Or it's like it's either their way, it's my way, or the highway, right? And uh, it's something I discussed with Travis earlier this week. Uh, hitting on the topic points of uh, control. Why well, I felt like I always had to have control over my situation. And I'm going to dive into this. I'm going to talk about myself a little bit more. Um, about my failed relationships. Uh, whether it being with the female, with the male. I always had to be in control. I had to have the power over my situation, my area, my, my relationships. Because I wasn't ready and ultimately, I wasn't aware of my own insecurities. The more control, the more power that I had, I didn't have to dive into uh, the deeper parts of me. I didn't have to dive into the broken side of myself. So with more power, more control that I had in all these relationships, I can steer my own ship, and everybody had to be on my page. I, there was never any room for anybody else to... To, to challenge me. A lot of it was me still being a boy and needing to have control over my own insecurities. Trav, what do you think about that? I can definitely resonate with that. I've felt that as well. Still feel that way occasionally. I think a big thing that I'm learning about the control, though, in at least on the, the aspect of what you just said is if you control a situation, you essentially, you're looking for a specific outcome. And if you're always looking to have control over a situation, it doesn't have to be something big. It can be very low level or it can be high level. But the fear of letting go of that control, you then don't know what the outcome is going to be. And that's the fearful part. And that's the part where you have to really ask yourself, am I okay being vulnerable with myself to accept that this might not go the way that I wanted it to go? Because when you're in control of a situation, you're basically telling yourself, this is the outcome that I want. And if it doesn't work, you bring up the fixer mindset all the time. You know, my personality knows, I'm willing to do that work, but if I let go, 
Am I willing to let someone else take the reins and be okay with the sacrifices? Do you, do you think it... I'm having trouble wrapping my head around <clears throat> the whole control thing. I, and it's weird because I'm thinking over here and trying to make personal connections to it. It's something that I've kind of experienced. Um, so I was raised up as, uh, I do have brothers, but they're half brothers, 11, 12 years older. So pretty much as an only child, my mom's only child, I was very spoiled, very spoiled. So I always got everything my way kind of thing. I always knew it growing up, but into my adulthood, I found, or early like teenage years, I found that I struggled when things didn't go my way which transferred into relationships, where if I wanted something or I wanted an outcome that didn't happen, it turned into a problem within myself, and then I uh, most of the time would project that into the relationship or whatever. But I'm trying to think of the different reasons it would come about kind of thing. Um, sort of the, the reason that, that that imbalance would happen from person to person. That's my, like, personal one, but. So the way with you, it kind of it, it almost feels like, like your control issues, if you want to call them issues, probably didn't stem from insecurity. It was just the way that you grew up, whereas, like me, if I had control issues, it came from insecurities. But mm -hmm. for you, it's not necessarily rooted in, in, in an insecurity. Does that make sense? Yeah. Is that what you're trying to yeah. find yeah, out as far as, much. like, uh, where is the... Uh, like how to figure that out, you know? Yeah, well, and I'm, and I'm trying to just wrap my head around the other perspectives because mm. I can only really see mine right, right now, if you know right, what I'm right. saying. I, I can't quite understand. And I think control can come off as such a, a negative term. Like, I'm controlling this person. They're only allowed to go shop at Wegmans on Tuesday morning between 8 and 9. It's not, not to that level. I mean, control more so in the aspect... For me, in my current day, in the present, looks different than what me trying to control things would have been three or four years ago. So mm -hmm. trying to control, does this person like my work ethic when I'm here? Um, am I, you know, how can I control that? I can't. That's out of my circle of control. The only thing I can control is how do I react to this? Mm -hmm. Because the way that you view me or a supervisor views me or a spouse views me or, you know, one of my children views me, that's out of my control. But it's taken time to learn that. And the more I lay off and let go, the more I notice I'm happier, I'm able to focus on myself Yeah. in those perceptions that I was fearful of that may or may not have been real those quote-unquote what ifs mm -hmm. they don't hold as much value because you're just letting go and saying it's it is what it is yeah I like the where this is going because um do you is is this something that you still like are like working through you find yourself struggle with stuff like that all the time okay perfect I'll give you a pr prime example right now so my partner and I are engaged and we're trying to figure out a, a wedding situation, a marriage situation. We've been together for five years, basically. So the plan that we've come up with is, hey, we'll just have a big reception whenever we get to. We're not financially there, time management not there. Mm -hmm. But let's at least go to the courthouse and sign some documents that way we can square away that aspect of our family mm -hmm. now to you and me or to cobra whomever it doesn't really seem like that big of a deal but the way that i think about it i want to control the situation I, I recognize i'm doing that not because of an insecurity not because of anything like that it's because my mind has worked so much in that fixer state yeah. that I'm thinking I need to go do this because of the things that are to come in the future, like with a new job, like to be able to put a spouse there, not have to go back on that. Or, hey, how, how is it going to look when we go to buy a house later this year? 
Like, let's go ahead and do this. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to control the situation, but the reason I say this is more of a low level thing that I can, not that marriage is a low level, but the timing portion is because it's simple. The courthouse is open a certain period of time. Lindsay works longer than that period of time. Mm-hmm. So the more I push, the more it projects negativity onto my partner. Mm-hmm. And then it, then I try harder because I'm trying to control such a simple task that in reality doesn't have any bearing over my day to day. Yeah. There's no reason to try and be like, be the one at the wheel. Right. So that's what I was saying before. It's just my opinion being the fixer mindset that I'm trying to get away from goes hand in hand with the control because essentially when you have control of something breaks, you know that you're capable to fix, but you don't need to do either of those things to be happy. You just need to be okay with being yourself and being happy in the moment. So what if nothing's broken, but you're trying to prevent something from being broken? That's another thing. Because that's kind of, you know, my fear is having a relationship like my parents did. So when I see something that reminds me of that, it's like, no, let's, let's not do this right now. And that's kind of how my control is. You know what I mean? I have, I have that too. That's interesting because my, I have those same fears. Like when I was growing up, I saw the way mm-hmm. my dad treated my mom and my mom would treat us, the kids. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. everything would yeah. trickle down yeah. from the quote unquote head of the household. So yeah. anytime I see things like that in the past, I would try to control it by doing the opposite. Mm-hmm. And then it would stress me out. Yeah, for sure. Whereas... All I had to do is just look in the mirror and say, none of those things are applicable to my house right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. People can get upset. People can have bad days. The way they come home probably has nothing to do with Mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. And that's probably not going to happen because I have no evidence to show that that's going to happen. And I, I, I wrestle with those thoughts. It's really difficult because those things are ingrained in you. Like Mm -hmm. I don't, I mean, Mm -hmm. I moved out of the house when I was, 20 mm-hmm. so i had 20 years of seeing that yeah so it's 20 years to just remind myself that that's that's not the that's not my norm yeah as you know in my 30s yeah, yeah. it's like I said for me it's just kind of more of like a fear thing you know like i don't want that to happen so i'm like trying to wrestle with the way we can express ourselves you know and i don't and then it it can come off as me not wanting her to express herself how she feels like she can, which it's not like that at all. It's just I've seen this before. I've seen the road that it leads to when it's not a healthy way of communicating, in my opinion, you know. Have you brought that up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she understands. Yeah. yeah. It's just, like I said, it's, um, it's hard when you try to tell someone how to express themselves. Or, you know, ask them in a certain way to express themselves differently. Yeah. Because it reminds you of <laughs> not good times. That almost, yeah, I, I see that because it, it is really difficult because as much as, j- I'm just speaking personally, like, I know that this is a fear. Mm-hmm. And if I had to write down what evidence do I have that this fear is reality? Yeah. Nine times really out of ten, there that's an empty list. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, this is as simple as, <laughs> you know, this person had a difficult day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with me. But in my head, I'll build that up and say, well, this is something that I did. Mm-hmm. And that's because that's, that's the same thing like what you're saying. It's, a, it's, not, it's not like a traumatic experience. It's just something that we're used to like being at work, you know, that norm. And then when you break out of it, you have a week or a month off and you have time to decompress and take a deep breath and, and take your small binoculars off and say, wow, there's a lot of world out here. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I was really overthinking that, mm-hmm. but I, I share that same sentiment with you. That's, yeah. it's very difficult. I think, I think a lot of times that's where that, um, like insecurity, that's where that, that plays that plays a part or can 
play a part in, uh, in kind of what you were just talking about? Because some, sometimes people don't have a fear of, uh, well, I'll say it like this. Sometimes people have a fear of if they can't fix that person's bad day or whatever, then that means that that person is going to leave. You know what I mean? I, so now yeah. they have to control that, you know, even though they know it's like, oh, that person is just having a bad day. It's like, no, I got to make them have a good day now. Because if, if I can't do that for them, then that means that they're going to find somebody that can do that for them. And I'm going to be irrelevant to them now. You know what I mean? And it's almost like, where, where does that thought come from? Because I, I have that same thought regularly and I have to check myself. Right, right. And say, this isn't, this isn't for me. Right. Like it's, I, I have to lay the best support that I can be is to just stop talking mm-hmm. and give you some space. I think that's why you came up with this topic for this this podcast. Honestly, it's for that. It's for that. Because, uh, like you're saying, like it usually, like where do they get this from? Where do you get this this fear from? You know, um, and insecurity is a beast, man. It's, it's hard to because there's no rationale to it. There's no reason. You know what I mean? But you can't help the fact that you are insecure about it. But yeah. half the time, you don't even know that you're insecure about it. You're just you're just reacting. You know, until something catastrophic happens and you have to spend you know two years trying to you know deep dive within yourself and you realize oh crap i got insecurity you know and then you try to fix it but in the heat of the moment you don't even know that, that stuff is broken inside of you you know what i mean that's true so. it's and it's like these conversations like when you ask them begin what are the pros versus cons and it's that's what i was saying is the more perspective you get and the more open you are to learning for sure and listening the more that you can be on the preventative side instead of Absolutely. On the, I have to fix it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I keep saying is like, I'm trying to get away from the fixer mentality. Yeah. Because if I just focus on the little preventative things, like focusing on my happiness right. and how can I support you today? Like you need some space. Cool. Oh, yeah. you want to, you know, watch a movie instead of going and doing something elaborate. Those are those little things that in time you you don't have to be in that fixer mindset as much mm-hmm. because you you're focusing on the present and you're essentially just focusing on your own happiness. Right. Cause that's, that's a trickle down effect. And in a way you're kind of still fixing it. <laughs> you know, that's true. Yeah. In a way you're still kind of fixing. That's true. For sure. For sure. Well, let me transition this a little bit to where initially this is where I thought it was going anyways, but it kind of connects um, you and Josh were kind of discussing over like, uh, how past stuff affects you and stuff like that. Um, and if you're finding that, um, I want to ask for a specific one. If say, say you have something, maybe you do or don't, that makes you withhold from certain things because you're afraid that like this new person or from, from past relationships from this new person will react a certain way to it or, you know, all these other things. So it kind of turns you into a like clam, you know? You don't want to let anything out, especially any of these things that potentially might be bad, like these actions or whatever that um, you know are probably okay, but um, they're pushing you down. How do you how do you kind of combat that and come out with it? I so you I would say even it doesn't so past relationship like it depends how you define that because i mean when you're with someone you know assuming you're with the person that you want to spend your life with there's going to be multiple phases of that person you're going to you're the person that you're with in your 40s versus your 30s or your 60s it's physically the same person but that's a different relationship because the way that it should, you know, in theory be as we continue to evolve and grow as individuals. Yeah. So over time, as we evolve, we have to re grow and re establish that, what that relationship looks like in that time frame. So you could even narrow that down to the same person. I, I mean, I feel that way too. There's things that I find myself doing, um, where I get nervous because of a reaction from the past. Yes. And it it doesn't have to be anything, like I said, it doesn't have to be this big elaborate thing. It could be something silly like, you know, um, I'll bring up a prime example. 
when I was a kid, I wasn't allowed to do anything until the dishes were done and they had to be done perfect. They had to lay a certain way in the drying rack and whatnot. It's silly. But as an adult, even something that has nothing to do with my partner. And I know she does not care about if the dishes are done or not, as long as everyone is, you know, getting along, being happy, being present. That's the only thing that matters, not the dishes. But to me, going back to what Josh said about childhood, every day I was recognizing that if I was stressed or right before my partner would come home, I would make sure the dishes were done and they were done to a certain way. And when I recognized that, I realized it's, it's not, it doesn't even have to be the same person. No, and that's, that's what I was talking about. Is it, I guess in the situation that I was referring to, it usually isn't. Yeah, because it's, it's not, and it's silly. And now I, I've just learned it doesn't, that stuff doesn't matter. As long as everyone is having, you know, having fun and everyone's happy, that's what yeah. matters. The dishes don't matter. Because that's the only, the only thing I could think of with it is um, to kind of just, you have to reaffirm yourself that, you know, that past person or that situation or whatever, like that's, that's not who I'm, you know, you, you have to put people in the wrong is where I've came to the conclusion. You have to, and as like fixtures and stuff like that, the reason I'm bringing all this up, I have, I kind of have uh, like knowledge of a situation, but um, the fixers will put themselves in the wrong in every situation, especially unfinished situations Yeah, where if you don't have a conclusion to something or a relationship or a partner or whatever, then, or an explanation, then they will just, well, I guess it was all me. Yeah. And, uh, man, I, you have to learn to put people in the wrong. And that's what I was on the phone earlier this week, what we were talking about. And I said, that's, that's the hardest thing is to let go of control of the outcome that you want. Mm -hmm. Because, you think about it and it's like everything is lined up perfectly. I worked so hard to get to this point. I want to value this. I want to nurture it and take care of it. So it continues to blossom because the shinier something gets or the better something gets or the stronger it gets, the more, at least for me, I feel the need to protect that. And I see myself do that all the time. Like, I'm so proud of this household. I never, I've never been a part of a household like the one that I have now. So I notice myself being more protective and that's me being looking, searching for that control. When in reality, you have to be okay with saying, Hey, something could go wrong. Like there, someone could get in a car accident or, you know, something catastrophic could happen or the relationship can fall apart whenever down the road. The only thing that I can control is like, hey, I'm happy in the moment or I'm sad in the moment or I'm this or that. And being present and feeling those feelings and letting those feelings, just letting them be in the moment and not focusing on the future because everything will work out. Whether it's the way you intended it to or you didn't. Like, I mean, think it like when I was... 18 I I was like I I want to have you know this car and tattoos that look like this if I would have stuck to that plan and and you know held on to control of that I'd be pretty unhappy right now (laughs) and that that's kind of what I was getting at with our conversation where it's like just let it go and just focus on your happiness in the present and then everything else will align yeah well it's all well stated it's what you're saying right now, the conversations that we've had nonstop, um, you never told me that you had a, a whole kitchen full of dirty dishes, though. That's awesome. <laughs> and you still find your happiness. Uh, something that I do want to revisit that you said just a little bit ago, Trav, um, there's obviously the people, you and your relationship, you have love. Love is there. I can love you, but can we grow together? I think it's one of the, for me, It was one of the biggest things where I stopped growing. I stopped growing with that person because as soon as I hit those things that society wanted me to have, the house, paying all the taxes, getting the kids, 
the matching SUVs. I talk about this topic a lot because I do think that the male, once they get those things that society told us to get, then I stopped growing. I'm no longer growing anymore because I'm happy. Here I am. I've got all of my things. I have all the accolades, all the awards, the picture perfect family, quote unquote. I stopped growing. I can love you, but can we grow together? That's what I need. I have love for every one of you here right now. Can we grow together? And that's when my circle got really small. And where do you think, I have an opinion, I'd, I'd like to know your opinion. When you say, can we grow together, how do you see growth as a team, like two partners? Like, how do you continue to grow over time? We'll visit another point that you said, like for, for, for the male to let go of the control of the power. If your wife, if your partner, your fiance right now says that I want to do this extracurricular activity, there's a bunch of guys there, right? It's, it's like a, it's some type of activity uh, to make me feel better about myself. I want to learn how to, to salsa dance. And let's just say that Trav doesn't want to learn how to salsa dance. It's just not my repetition. I yeah. am like, I'm too white. I don't have the rhythm for it. You know, <laughs> let's just say that. Sure. I don't want to do this anymore. So, th yeah, I mean, because that and that was the point that I was going to touch on is that to grow as a team, you have to to grow as an individual. And for the I don't know, the past six months to a year, I've, I've really been figuring out how important it is to be individuals. We have, you know, children too. So it's, it goes beyond even the partner. It's like, what do you want your household to look like? It's like, if you want to go learn to salsa dance, I'm sure you don't want to come out with me and run through the woods for six hours on Saturday. That's what I like to do. That's fine. There's a bunch of guys there. You know what? The, my initial thought is the same thing that's ingrained, like you said, about the matching SUVs, the white picket fence in the house. First thought is that's not good. But the longer that I look at the situation, the only reason I think that is because that's just what I've been told. Correct. And that's where now, I mean, if, if that situation were to come, it'd be like, yeah, I mean, like, I mean, is it salsa? Like, what's going on? And it's just like, okay, well, no, I just, like, I'm really interested in this. Okay, well, th then go. Like, go have fun. Because the chances are, 99% of the time, you're going to go have a blast because you've been going to work also, taking care of kids, being mom, being wife. When have you had you time? Correct. If you don't have you time, then how do I expect you to give anything to us in the long term? It's it's like the uh, it's like in AA, they have the the phrase where it's like you've been on an airplane. The first thing they tell you is to put your oxygen mask on before helping other people. It's the same thing with your partner. I mean, if if your partner. Josh, if you're my partner and you come home to me every day and I'm just being a jerk, I never ask you how was your day. I never ask you what are the things that you're into right now. What do you think about this new album that came out? Or what do you think about what's going on in this place with this topic? We're going to grow apart. Yeah. So then that changes when you get that, that you time. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Now it's go have fun and find someone else to have fun with too. Because we all we all want validated. Yeah, for sure. And that's the thing is the insecurity. Back to what you're saying, Cobra, yeah. is when I ask those questions in my head, I now it's taken me 31 years to get to the point to where I can recognize, hey, I'm just insecure. This person loves me and is going to come home to me. They've vocalized that. They've done everything in their power. I'm just insecure because it's new. And because it's new, 
you don't know what the outcome is, which goes back to the topic, which is control. So just letting go and saying, man, go have fun. She's probably going to come home and be in a great mood. She or he will come home, be in a great mood. You're probably going to have a fantastic evening. And they're going to be so grateful for that. And it's going to grow that togetherness because they realize, hey, I'm valuable to this person. My time's valuable to this person. Why, why would I do anything to harm that? They trust me. They see me in a high light. I'm, I'm not going to, you know. Do you think, I first off, completely agree with everything. I like that a lot. And I especially because I went through this personally, got to fix yourself before you can fix any kind of uh, combination of people. Um, do you think that can be taken advantage of? I think if it can, then you just have to be okay with this isn't the the relationship that I'm meant to have. And that doesn't even have to be, that doesn't even, in my opinion, it doesn't have to be a romantic relationship. It could be, yeah. it could be friends too. But, so here's another line. Say you, you give it, it gets taken advantage of, and you just walk away? Or now do you try and, uh, and fix and talk about this stuff, but then are you controlling again? That's because a great question. You know, full See, circle. And, and that's where, what's in your circle of control? Because mm-hmm. what's in your circle of control is you have, the, you have the ability to make the decision. I can just leave. Yeah. Or you have the ability to say, hey, I, do you mind taking 30 minutes to an hour to sit down and let's talk about this? And then you're faced with another decision that's in your circle of control. What do I do with this information? Yeah. And you just stay in that circle. Now, I'm obviously saying all this. I'm not perfect. I am 100% like trying to figure this out. <laughs> it's much easier to say it out loud to a group than when it actually happens. I learned so much while talking into these mics. It's yeah. insane. Yeah, I mean, we can sit here and go out and, and train every day to, to, enter the, to enter the boxing ring and to fight each other. And we're so pumped up. Yeah, we got this. You know, we know what we're doing. Like, we're hitting all of our training the way that we're supposed to. And then, you know, when the bell goes off, it's different. Mm-hmm. And that's how these topics are. It's like we can sit here and talk about it like we have all the answers. But... And I mean, I'm by no means in a place to say, like, I have control over mm-hmm. this. You know, control is healthy and it, it, it can be negative, too. And that's what I'm saying. It's like it's, it's something that I'm actively working on. But to say to be taken advantage of, I, I think when you let go of control and you go with the flow, I think I think at least in my in my life, I've noticed that's when I've gotten the most in return and what mm-hmm. I was expecting the outcome to be by just letting control go and going with the flow I've gotten things that I was totally unaware of that even existed as a possibility because you really keep yourself in a box when you want to control something yeah do you think um people kind of like the winners of the group you know the that type of person will will look at that and say, well, if I lose the control, it must go somewhere. So now they have control over me and they're, you know, Yeah, I think that's possible. I think everyone's at a different place. And the biggest thing is you like meeting people where they're at. That's something that I've, you know, I've learned just by listening, like meet people where they're at. Um, and so maybe in that relationship, that's what that looks like. And then mm-hmm. my household, it looks different versus everyone else's household. It looks different. Um, but I don't think being taken advantage of, because at the end of the day, I mean, if you're with someone long enough, the, the whole point of a relationship is to keep the curiosity going. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously that there's going to be ups and downs to that. We know that, but if you're still curious, that means you're still learning about your partner, in theory. And the more you learn about your partner, the easier those times when you feel like you're being taken advantage of, you can bring that up because you're going to know, if I come off this way, it's not going to be received the way that I want it 
to, mm-hmm. to come off. I might come off rude or, you know, uh, like I'm not showing empathy. But if you know your partner and, you're, you know, that curiosity is still going, you're going to say, the best, maybe the best thing I can do is wait until Thursday at 7 p.m. because I know she's going to have an hour. And that's usually when it seems like she's relaxed that gives us time to cool down. Maybe that's what works best for, I'm saying she, he or she, um, maybe that's what's best for your partner, right? Let me just take some time, let you sit on this because I know that's, that's what you need right now. Mm -hmm. Because you, we talk a lot about this or you guys do, I listen and then we discuss, (laughs) but we, there's this big unconditional love which to me is it's a extremely it, it's not really that valuable because you should have conditions if you if you love yourself and you respect yourself and you respect and love the person you're with I mean there there are conditions conditions to love or conditions to relationship to the relationship okay to right. that's a great question thank yeah. you Mm-hmm. Yeah, conditions to the relationship. Because I think that that's something that probably gets. I mean, I'm, I'm the uh, unpopular opinion guy, right? So I think that there is a. Uh, am I, is my mic good? Can you hear me well? Okay. I think there is a misconception when when I when I say things like that. Uh, when I say uh, unconditional love and being able to just endure and all of those things. Um, me saying that is not saying that you should stick with any relationship just because you love the person. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if you can lose love for a person and you never had it, that's what I'm thinking, right? So if you lose love, I'm saying you never had it, but you can lose a relationship and still have love, in my opinion. Do you think that you can... So the way that I view a relationship, let's say, because the, you know... A marriage. Look at a marriage. Mm-hmm. The way that I view it is fall in love, deep connection. Fall out of love, lose connection, reconnect, fall back in love. Because the, the term love, you, you spoke about it. I, I don't remember which podcast. And I agree with what you said about that, that mm-hmm. definition. I do. I think we use these terms on such a broad scope. We do, and I think we muddy down the word love. We do, because are we talking about love or are we talking about connection? Correct. And that's my whole point, is the connection. I don't think you can fall in and out of love. I don't think you fall in it. You can fall deep into a connection with a person, and then, you know what I mean, you can choose to give them love when you have that connection with that person. You know what I mean? But once you... You love something. You don't. It's not something to be taken away. Now the connection can go away. The relationship can go away. The warm and fuzzy feelings that you have inside can go away. All of those things can go away. But love itself, it's infinite. It's it. It doesn't die. You know what I mean? It's it's to the grave. You know. But everything else, that can come and go. That's that's fickle. You yeah. Know? Love can never be fickle, in my opinion. Right? And that's and that's what I was getting at. Like we've talked about the importance of defining things. Mm -hmm. So something that we're using on, on, on on such a broad scope, like you're saying, like we're not not talking about love. We're talking about connection. Right. Right. You know what I mean? And then, you know, another topic, we might apply the word love to, to another adjective, you know, or verb. Right. And it's, that's the big thing that I'm getting at with your original thing is that connection, the more of that connection you have and the more you expand your love map with your partner, you understand and have more empathy and understanding of like, hey, maybe this isn't a good time to bring this up. And then during that time, if, if that's the route you take, because everything that's a part of your circle of control is like I was saying, but during that time, maybe you can reflect and say, I, I'm overthinking this. Nothing's really going on. Mm. 
And then by the time you come back, you've let that go. And say now it's Thursday at 7 when you know that that person is, you, you were originally going to do it. And you spend that time connecting. You know, it, it's just one of those things like if it's out of your control, just focus on what's in, in your small circle of control because the small circle has the biggest outcome of positive, like positivity. I'm, I'm going to use my uh, like personal experience with this because it's the perfect topic for it. For me and how I've like gone through stuff, using that extra time or that's, that's what you're saying or eventually like letting it go or whatnot and using that time for something else. For I would call like for me I'll call that bottling it up because I have to let it out. I'm gonna think about it, whether I whether I find out it's irrelevant or not. It's gonna be the thought unless it comes out one way or another. I've found no matter how irrelevant, no matter how silly, I've had I've said some stupid stuff. I've thought some stupid stuff, but it always gets talked about. Like, it doesn't have to be right there. You make a fair point of like timing and stuff like that. Um, but. Yeah, I've I've tried both, and I feel like if you open that door to communication, like I should be able to say anything to you, especially if it's affecting me. And this goes into what we talked about earlier. There's so if do you get a free pass? Mm. Do you get a free pass to act and say whatever you want? No, and that's and that was kind of what I was saying is so. Speaking personally, my, I mean, the person that I intend on spending my life with that I'm with now, the start to our relationship was not great. It's, it's come a very long way. And I'm very proud of that. And I'm excited about that. You know, I, I have joy and mm-hmm. excitement and curiosity and all of those things. And a big part of that that I'm learning now is, okay, we've made it this far. We've made it through really big highs and really low lows. Shouldn't I be able to just come to you and say, do you like the way I look? But then if you ask that four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten days in a row, now it comes off needy. Because my insecurities, I, I do, like I'm, I'm self-aware of what my insecurities are and I recognize, okay, you're pulling away. It's probably because I'm asking too much validation from you. But, and I imagine you have, but just for the, the generalization, um, if you were to graph how many times have you said, do you like the way I look versus how many times have you said, hey, I want to sit down and talk. I feel like I'm not being appreciated enough and I'd like to hear it more if, you know, they have that talk. How do, they, how do they show appreciation and do you know how they show appreciation? That all changes. And they, that could be the topic in that talk is them replying to you and saying, oh, but I, I, I show it in different ways. Or like I said on the last episode, I think it a lot and I don't say it. Um, stuff like that. But I'm the perfect example, right? Because I... I think it all the time, but don't say it as much as I, uh, my partner would like. But that, you know, that means nothing to me on an annoying way where I can, okay, I'll, I'll turn it up. Now every time that I think it, it's a thought in my head, like, oh, I should tell her. She would appreciate that. You said something, Cobra, a, a couple weeks ago about giving love and what you're saying right now reminded me of that in the sense of mm. the way I view it is, and I, I try my best to remind myself of this when I'm going through it, but you know, if you're feeling insecure about something, let's just say it's you know, the way you look, that's the easiest one, right? Every, everyone's been through that. So if you're continuously asking that, but you know that your partner, their way of showing appreciation isn't through um, words of validation. 
what if their way of showing appreciation is acts of kindness or service or quality time? So that's where I go back to knowing your partner. Yeah, I was going to say, so then you have to know and right. be able to appreciate that. And if stuff doesn't match up, stuff doesn't match up. You know, if our love languages don't mesh, then I'm not going to feel appreciated. You're going to feel like I'm needy. It's just, and then that goes back to the control thing Mm -hmm. and exactly what you just said. I'm not going to feel appreciated. I'm not going to, I'm going to come off needy. She'll tell me that straight up all the time. And I appreciate that Mm -hmm. because now I know, okay, now I'm not in my circle of control. Now I'm trying to control intangibles and things that are out of my control. Mm -hmm. So I need to reel it back in. Like, I know that you, you know, you did this the other day and that's a way that you show affection. And that goes back to the other thing. If you, if you don't like that, then you can say, Hey, do you think you can try this more? And if that doesn't happen, then do you leave? I mean, I don't mind it. And the reason I say Cobra, the thing about the love is because it's, I, at least for me, I find myself being more understanding and asking more questions about her when I'm looking for a form of validation. So in so let's just we'll, we'll use it like this. So if if you and I are in a relationship Cobra I'd love to be by the way. <laughs> Me too. And I come to you and I, and I'm asking, you know, what I want to know is, do you find me to be, uh, funny? And you, that's not the way you communicate. Let's, let's say for instance, in this scenario, you're more reserved with your compliments. The way that you show historically that you're happy in, in our relationship, our hypothetical relationship is, um, why am I drawing a blank on it? Is a uh, physical touch. Okay. Gotcha. And you come up to me every day, you pat me on the back. That, it, and I can tell myself like, Hey, you've been patting me on the back every day this week. And it forces you to question you're questioning do I have evidence to show that this person doesn't think that I'm funny right like you're laughing at me you're giving me the pats on the back but they're not coming to you saying oh my gosh you're so funny yeah yeah but they're still doing everything they did before as far as the way they show affection and attention and you know all of those things but I guess what you're saying is uh, because you're, you're feeling something deep inside of you and what you would want to hear from this person they're not giving you but they never gave you that really but you're it's almost like you're you're convicting them of something that that you just made up in your head essentially yes yeah and then therefore that and that goes back to the control thing it's you're trying to control the way someone loves you in return Mm -hmm. and this is why i think that i feel like love is something that you you know you give to the other person it's not something that you receive you know, it's, it's what you give out, you know, and if you're spending most of your time giving that out, then you're not really concerned about what you're not, what you're not getting. That, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. And, and I think a big thing, though, is do you, I think something that hasn't come up or, or maybe I, I skipped over it on accident is how much do you love yourself? That's the biggest thing. I was man. just about to ask. That's, because that's if you thing. love yourself, then the amount of love that you can give to someone else is right. so great. Right. And it's hard to, uh, I mean, I understand that some people are in relationships and they started that relationship when they were really young. They didn't, they didn't realize the, the insecurities that would develop over time. They didn't realize the deficiencies in themselves that they were going to you know, you know, have over time. So now they're here. They're in a relationship already. Right. And so they don't know that they have that you know, that they have that in them. I get it. But I do think that there is something to be said about being able to fix yourself before you dive into a relationship. Not a hundred percent. Cause no, nobody's going to be fixed a hundred percent. Nobody's going to be a hundred percent. Like, Hey, I'm good to go now. You're always evolving. So you always have to relearn. You always have to adjust all those things. I get it, you know, but 
being in a place of being content with yourself is very important because if you're not doing that, I feel as though once you get into a relationship, you're not going to be thinking about fixing yourself. You're going to be thinking about that person and what that person provided for you when you first started the relationship. And then once they start to go through whatever it is that they're going through and they no longer give you those things, now all of a sudden the things that you didn't fix, now they're heightened because what they were using or what you were using them for, they no longer give you that. Yeah. And so now you just have this big, huge box of crap that, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so now your relationship is, is bad, you know, because you never, you never took time for yourself to fix yourself. You know and I mean? that's, and that's another thing is like, I think when we were talking earlier this week was the thing in your control is because when you recognize, man, I have this huge, heavy box, is this person going to leave me? Yeah. I mean, you have to address your situation alone. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, my situation is different than yours right. and different than your guys. And it's, it's that thing where it's like, hey, it doesn't matter. If right. you're going to leave, you're going to leave. Gonna There's leave. no keeping you here. The only thing I can do is to acknowledge to you that I recognize it and that I'm working on it. The fear of being alone, maybe this could be a, this could be a podcast in itself, you know, the fear, the fear of being alone, right? I'm wondering if that stems from, um, uh, you don't know how to operate alone. And then also like somebody leaving you, is that scary because you're afraid of what was uh, your band-aids that was patching up everything that was broken in you? That's, that's walking out. So are you, are you afraid of losing that person because of what they're taking away from, your, from your, all of your fixes that you, that you had that were just Band-Aids? Um, and is it the other side of it is just the fear of like, because uh, you don't know how to operate by yourself. So I take that and I say, if you could, if you were alone and you are content being alone, now you're in a relationship, you can no longer be threatened with being alone. Right. Because you're not afraid of being alone. So now you can operate in your relationship without that insecurity of if I can't fix this, this person is going to leave. You can now operate in. I know I can't fix everything. I'm going to give this person space so they can fix whatever it is they need to fix. And if they need my help, they'll come to me. And if that means they're going to find somebody else that doesn't do that, I probably shouldn't have been in that relationship anyway. And it's okay for them. to leave. I love them enough so that they can leave and find happiness somewhere else. Yeah. And then I can go and pursue whatever it is that I'm supposed to pursue. Yeah. You know what I mean? I agree. And that's, it's interesting because yeah, I mean, it took me a long time to get to the point where it's, I'm happy. Like if I, if I'm sitting here by myself, like have free time, I'm totally fine with that. I, everyone needs that. Mm -hmm. Right. I think a big thing is, is addressing that it's not one or two or three different reasons of that I like that you said the band-aid because something that Cam and I were talking about this morning was there's like a there's a fine line between being vulnerable and then needing a caretaker yeah and that could be a band-aid or say you know that's all say someone's been together since they were in high school and now they're you know mid-30s what does the world look like out there? Yeah. You know, there's a million different reasons right, for, for sure. that. And, and that's what you said. I mean, it, think about what's attractive to you. And one of those things is, you know, seeing someone that cause the whole thing we're talking about every week is, you know, this like quote unquote, like fixing. And it's just like, Hey, if someone is, you know, got some confidence you know, I, I mean, uh, I'll say it from like a, like coming into work and you meet someone, your new coworker, if they're confident and they, and they got, you know, a way about them, you're probably going to want to be friends with them. And if we lose that in our relationship, then how am I going to expect my partner to be attracted to me? I agree with that a hundred percent, 100%. That's, that's why that importance of like my box of control is, is limited but it has endless power i like that that's where we talked about uh i think it was last episode we talked about not being helpless but um 
you know, having a plan, that whole absolutely that whole thing. Um, we're talking a lot about like ourselves and stuff right now. I think I'm gonna be the odd man out on this one. Where would you rank? Rather, okay. Um, what do you think is more important in the very end game? You or your partner's happiness? Lifelong. Yours. Yours. Really? Yours. I thought I was yeah. going to get fought on this. No, because, uh-huh. I mean, why do you think? Why do I think it's mine? Well, the selfish reason is my life, and I only got one of them. Eventually, mm-hmm. I'm going to die. I don't want to spend it unhappy. That's why, you know. But the other side of it is I can only be uh, a great, significant other to my person if I am my best self, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So I can bring 100% of 50% of me to you, or I can bring 100% to you. You know what I mean? I would mm-hmm. rather bring, you know, the best parts of me to you uh, opposed to just this, this half empty, you know. That's, so. yeah. that's, where do I you, love that. Where do you draw that line, Cobra, when, because you talk about, so I want to cycle this back to, to love and talk about, um, and I, I think I think I keep bringing this up because I don't quite understand, understand. it. Or maybe I don't. Yeah. Maybe I don't agree with it, but I don't want to say that yet because I don't know. But uh, with your thing about receiving, you don't expect to receive and all this stuff. But mm-hmm. without without somebody on the other end reciprocating, and you feel like you're not uh, getting enough of anything, you know, maybe they don't compliment you. Maybe it's physical. Maybe it's all these mm-hmm. other things. And in turn, I'm unhappy in this relationship. Now, I, now I'm unhappy. Where do you draw that line? Where? I feel as, know. so here's the thing. So I think one, I'm talking about, there's two different kinds of relationships. Either you're married or you're not married. That's it, right? <laughs> so if you're not married, you have freedom to do. But how I feel about marriage, I mean, even though I've been divorced, but um, how I feel about marriage is if you are married, you do everything in your power to make that work. Period. You mm-hmm. do. Right. Um, if you are in just a boyfriend, girlfriend type relationship, even I'll just stick to that boyfriend, girlfriend type relationship or whatever your whatever tickles your fancy. You know, if you are in that, you have the ability to say this relationship is not something that I want to cultivate going forward. And I'm going to roll out because of these reasons. There's yeah. nothing saying that you have to just deal with this or deal with that because. I'm committed to this person. No, you're not. You, that's, that's a boyfriend. That's a girlfriend. You know, you can punch out anytime. When you are married, I feel, I feel like that's when you have. Otherwise, you know, then what is marriage then? If you're able to just pull out and, and go this way or go that way, then yeah. what's the point of ever getting married? And well, that's you know? what we're not taught right. at a young age either. Well, is, that, that's what's happening now is yeah. the generational switch of there's so many divorces because people are just like, oh, I'll just get a divorce. It's easy beans. Yeah, right. But so think if we didn't have that, I, I mean... Be a lot less marriages. <laughs> well, I mean, you think about it. I mean, what if that marriage, I mean, was toxic or like had some... I mean, I like that that's an option. I think my stance on it is we're not teaching the youth about relationships. Like in school, mm-hmm. we ha- at least, I mean, in the early 2000s, we had like sex ed class. But we don't have, you know, a relationship class or like an emotional wellness class yeah. or anything like that. And, and so we have to basically just figure it out on your own, right? So that's where I'm like, okay, well, maybe, you know, it, it goes to kind of the thought where it's like no one ever tells you that you like you and I and all of us we're going to continue to grow but so is our partner and if we're married to that partner my my intention like what I'm saying like who I'm engaged to the reason that we're in you know the reason I proposed and asked is because I was like, I like who you are. I want to spend the rest of my time with you. I also like who I am. I like who I am by myself. I like who I am with you. I like who you are as you, and I like who you are with me. Inevitably, we will grow, and our interests will change, 
different things that we do will change. And I am committing myself to say, I'm going to learn about you until the last of our days. Right. To me, that's that, that marriage thing where whether it's, it's your belief system or, or whatever reason or however someone values marriage, it's, you have to be okay with just, like, if you're committing to that person. Now, granted, it's taken me a long time to get to this point. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm here. But it's like, hey, I, I want to grow with you. Like, wherever the ride takes us, whatever you're, like, I, I got your back. Like, I'm on your side. Do you got my back or are you on my side? Right. And, and that's where I do, like, I, I do agree with you. It's like. And you can't, you can't live on the fear of what if that person doesn't have my back. You just got to go all in and just have their back, you know, and understand that they're going to, they're going to change. And there's going to, it's going to be seasons where they don't have your back. What are you going to do? Are you, is that you having their back? Is that dictated by them having your back? No. You know what I mean? And it shouldn't be. And it shouldn't. Right. And that, and that's kind of goes back to my original thing about the new guy at work. It's like. If this guy like goes through something traumatic and his, you know, his once charismatic, outgoing, whatever, fill in the blank thing that attracted you to be their friend in the first place, it plummets. Are you going to stop being their friend? Mm-hmm. Probably not, because the way that we interact, not being domestic partners with each other, which I think is a key difference. We something that I do is I look at this, or I used to look at like, well, when I go to work, I'm laughing and I'm carrying on. We're not paying the same bills. Right. You know, we're not picking up the same house, raising the same kids, but that doesn't mean that that friendship and that connection doesn't still exist. Right. It means I have to acknowledge that. Yeah, this is, this shit is stressful. <laughs> like how, how are we going to pay for this right now? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, one of the kids is going through fill in the blank we don't have to do that as friends right we go home to our own yeah. house so it's it's not losing track of hey we we still got each other's backs but let's be honest like there we have a lot more responsibilities and stress together as a team agreed to answer your question though can you ask it one more time just you know because i'm pretty sure we run it on time and uh we want to keep it Sitting at about an hour, I guess. But yeah, well, we're at an hour, two minutes right now. Let's. Uh, now I want you to answer that question though, because I don't want to drag it out and episodes later, and you're still confused about what it is. I mean, by whatever you know, love and all that stuff. So, okay. like the question you asked about, um, where do I draw that line? Yeah, I guess. Um, do you remember how you phrased it? Um, I don't remember word for word. Pretty much, it was how. Uh, oh, it's like uh, if you're not feeling. Um, reciprocation or yes. something. Right, yeah. right. So here, here's what I think. Here's where I draw that line. If you are, if you are married, then I think that you, you owe it to your relationship, your marriage, to find out why it is that you are requiring this, whatever act from your person in order for you to be happy. So mm-hmm. to me, if you're, I'm talking from a guy's perspective, if your wife is not doing this and now you are unhappy, I feel like there's something in you that you should deep dive into to find out why this, this little act that she's not doing is causing you to be so unhappy. Yeah. Right? Cause I think you're going to kill your relationship based on something that's inside of you that you can probably fix it within yourself. Yeah. Right. Okay. So that, and, does, and, and it, I will also say that that shouldn't change how you continue to showcase love for her. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now if, if this is just your boyfriend, girlfriend, you have to look at it and you have to say, okay, what if this never changes? Is this something that I want to drop down to a knee and say, hey, will you marry me? Mm-hmm. And do I want to live for the next 30, 40, 50 years and eventually die and be buried next to this person with the relationship looking like this? And if your answer to that is no, then get out of the relationship. Yeah. That's where you draw that line. You know? But if you're married, I think you owe it to the relationship and you owe it to yourself, really, to deep dive and find out what it is that's in you that's causing you to require that action from your person in order for you to be happy yeah that clears it up a lot more and to so from what i'm getting from you and is uh say in the marriage portion to prioritize say again you know to prioritize yes you know she makes 
bad macaroni salad every Thursday <laughs> afternoon, and I don't like that. Like, it doesn't matter. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. All right. Well, that was very eventful. Welcome a lot back. of really good points. <laughs> I think a lot of the, the key points that I'm taking away from Trav, um, you know, learning to grow with your person, that's – that's that's huge. You're what you can control, and it's hard. It's so hard for a male because that's the this is the world we were built into, to be in control. You got to think, and I, I think I put it down to a timeline around the '40s or the '50s when the world wars happened. Society did change to the point where there is one person running a household, and you're going to learn from that guy. <clears throat> Just so happens, I'm not going to speak for anybody here. I'm going to speak for my for myself. But that one guy didn't have the he didn't know that. His wife was going to grow and change when she has children, you know, postpartum depression. I didn't know about any of this stuff. I don't think a lot of us did know a lot of this stuff. I didn't know that people changed. I thought that once you hit those certain pinnacles in life that society told us to have, then we were golden. That everything was going to be solid. We'd grow until we're 80 because all of our grandparents, that's what everything's fostered around, right? Your, you know, your grandparents, they were married for 80 years. Yeah, but were they happy? They fought for their marriage. Were they, were they truly happy? Were they able to truly converse with each other when she was feeling these certain things, when he was feeling these certain things? Could they talk about it? Or did they save it to when they were 60 or 70? I've got some grandparents that did that. They waited until they were 60 or 70, and then everything came out, you know, all, all the trauma. There's just a lot to learn. And the goal is, are you willing to learn this stuff? Can you put aside your ego, and can you learn this stuff? Are you willing to? Because it's free. We've experienced it. Everybody here at this table, we've experienced a lot of hardships. And one of them is the power to let go. You have to let go if you want to be in this realm or at this table that we're talking about right now. Awesome podcasts. Cam, Schwa, Trav, Cobra, I love every one of you. And I look forward for all of us conversing again soon. Yeah, dog. No.